What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Antonson, and today's guest on the show is Adam Bennett. Uh, that's at Mr. Bennett's on Instagram. He's been on before. If you have not listened to his first episode, there's a little bit more background uh, on who Adam is, and we won't cover that again. Um, the short of it is that Adam is one of the best high-performance foil surfers uh, in the whole space right now, arguably the best. And he uh, has about a 10-year or so pro surfing background. So he comes from a pedigree of uh, of incredible surfing, um, lives in Bali, splits time between Australia and Bali. And um, that has come through in his foil surfing. I love this podcast. I think it's going to be a great one. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. And what I like about it is that Adam listens to the show. And after the episode with Jason, after the episode with PB, he was taking notes during those shows on some things that he thought he could add to parts of the discussion that he could add to and other parts where he thought that maybe um, his take was a little bit different. I won't say wrong because I don't think there's a right and wrong in any of this, but he's, he might see some things a little bit differently. And so we were talking about Adam coming back on the show and he sends me um, a whole uh, you know, page or so of, of these notes. And I thought that they were fantastic. And so we, we dive into that. It's a longer episode. It's about an hour and a half. So I'm going to cut this really short right now and um, we'll get into it. Last note before we dive in, I'm looking out back right now. The wind is straight south like 20 miles an hour, worst surf conditions you could probably ever have. And it's a one foot side shore and it's going to be all time in about two hours because the swell is wrapping right down the beach. We're calling them uh, uh, shore runners. So we've nicknamed, uh, so we've named the, uh, the type of downwinders that we do in the surf. We're calling them shore runners. And today's going to just be epic shore running. So, uh, yeah, stoked. And um, hit me with any questions, comments, feedback. If you don't follow me on Instagram, uh, give me a follow, the.progression.project. And part of that is I generally post up when someone's going to be on the show and hit you guys up for questions. A lot of, uh, you know, the, the audience, you guys, it's been awesome. Um, and it helps the show because I get to get a sense of, you know, what is valuable. So, Please do it. If uh, if you don't, if you see those posts come up, let me know what you want to hear. All right. Uh, enjoy. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, here is Adam Bennett. Adam, thank you for coming back on the podcast. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Good to be back. Um, yeah, everything's going good. And um, I've just gotten to Bali um so i'm still yeah still on sort of sydney time right now so it's pretty early for me but um I'm, yeah i'm up and ready ready for the day family's asleep um yeah the, the day is our oyster in bali so pretty excited to be over here that's epic are you always an early riser do you tackle days um, early yeah i mean but yeah i've got a three-year-old so i'm up most mornings i mean just body clock sort of thing you know i'm, I'm up at six um between six and seven, my son gets up, but um, I'm just sort of always up at six anyway. So, and we sort of deal with, um, yeah, deal with sort of a lot of international stuff with our with our brand. So we're kind of on the go, emailing and doing stuff 
early and late and stuff. It's kind of one of those things. <laughs> yeah. It looks like that's absolutely blowing up. You guys just got like a big cover. That's insane. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's going great. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's all ticking along and, um, yeah, we just got the cover of Playboy, um, which was cool. Um, and then, yeah, it's just kind of ticking along. We're over here just checking on our production and checking, yeah, just making sure everything's going good for our next orders and all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously a lot of foiling in between meetings. <laughs> <laughs> How do you balance the brand along with the, the surf passion? How does it fit together? Um, well, I guess the good thing, the good thing about foiling is that you don't really need to go, you know, you don't really need to go when it's, it's like not a morning thing per se, you know, with like compared to surfing. So kind of just work around. Yeah. I mean, we're our own bosses, so we can kind of just work around whenever if the, if the waves are good, you know, I'll, I'll surf in the morning. If they're not, I'll, you know, go in the Arvo. Um, so it's kind of one of those things I can just. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that means we're working, you know, early and late. But it just kind of you just kind of make it work, and that's just a whole part of running your own business and and being, you know, available to people in different countries and different time zones. You kind of just have to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's epic. That would be a whole another fun conversation of just about all of the uh, business, running a team, all of that, especially in a in a in a field like. Um, swimwear it's got to be such a hyper competitive market in the current social landscape yeah. social media landscape like how do you differentiate and how did you guys do that like what, what a cool story yeah. that is i'm sure yeah yeah it's very saturated these days <laughs> yeah um so before we dive into foiling i'm gonna i'm gonna make everybody deal with a, just a kind of another passion that i have here and that is exploring some of these states and and the one that you and i seem to share outside of surfing and foiling is music. And I was kind of doing a meditation the other day and thinking about, I've started playing a whole lot of music again. And I realized that the last time that I was this deep into playing music coincided with when I was learning the most in surfing, I was like 15 to 17 years old. And I thought that was such a cool, like kind of, kind of uh, just something to discover, discovery there where, you know, probably two of my favorite things in the world, the two things that have been with me for the longest amount of time, music and surfing, are both going through these hyper-learning phases at the same times as well. And I, and I think that there's probably something deeper there, some sort of creativity that you tap in. I wonder if you experience things like that as well. Does the surfing um, yeah, transcend? I think, um, yeah, yeah, going back, I mean, like I, I, um, I play, I mean, I DJ, so I play... I play other people's music, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, definitely, I feel like I know what you mean. Like probably right now, I mean, I'm still, you know, always on, you know, scouring the internet for new tunes and listening to like, you know, um, DJs mixes and trying to find new tunes from like, you know, their mixes, you know, all the current sort of stuff. Um, for sure. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, if I'm not foiling, then I'm probably sitting on my computer with my headphones on listening to music and my wife just looks over me and she's trying to talk to me <laughs> and, uh, can't hear her. Um, so yeah, for sure. I'm definitely right into my music still. I'm still playing, um, a couple of times a week. Um, just got to Bali. So I'm playing a few more, you know, about three or four times a week over here. Um, which is super fun cause it's a good international crowd and you can kind of play, you know, pretty much anything, um, in this, you know, in the right venues and, and you have, and it's a you know great fun. Um, yeah, but the last time I was writing to my music would have probably been about ten years ago when 
when I was like living in Bali full time and DJing and um and surfing professionally um and and I was right into making music so I was you know in the studio with with a couple of mates making music or maybe yeah maybe like six years ago and, and you know I was going pretty good with my surfing I you know had a few um you know bunch of photos in the mags and put out some edits and sponsors were happy and everything like that so I think I can definitely understand where you're coming from there and that was right when I was you know I'd spend I'd go surfing all morning and then spend the afternoon in the in the music studio trying to make music and I and I released a couple of tunes um on a record label back then um but yeah since then um I haven't really done too much of producing but definitely now I'm, I mean I'm still you know well even even lately I've been putting out heaps of my mixes on my SoundCloud um which is like just recordings from DJ sets, which which everyone sort of seems to like. So you actually check them out on um, soundcloud.com forward slash Mr. Bennett's, um, M-I-S-T-E-R, yes, B-E-N-N-E-T-T-S, same as my Instagram. Um, so, yeah, I sort of try and record a lot of mixes and um, and sort of analyse, you know, and that just kind of helps with your learning, make sure you're mixing right and listen, playing back. And then it's good for people to throw in at parties because um, a lot of the a lot of the sets are sort of three, four, five hour sets. Um, so yeah, it's good background barbecue music. So check it out if you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> I uh, I do follow you on SoundCloud. I, I check it out from oh, time to cool. time. Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah, All right, let's dive into foiling. You know what stoked me out? Probably, I don't know, insanely as much as probably watching you foil was the fact that we talked about you coming back on the show. And then yep. you hit me up on Instagram with a whole list of things that you wanted to talk about, which is normally what I do before we have a before I record with someone. It kind of took all the work off of that, but also uh, <laughs> it's just cool that you're thinking about all this stuff. So where where do you want to dive in, man? Yeah, I mean, I was um yeah listening to yeah your last few podcasts, and um so I just sort of was just kind of as I was listening to them, just kind of my, you know taking some, I guess my own notes on just like what I yeah, my opinions on things and, um, and just, yeah, just kind of what I sort of, I don't know how my take on things, I guess. And I just, so we could just sort of, yeah, I just made some notes so we can, um, talk about, yeah, just so we have it in front of us instead of like forgetting about it. Cause yeah, <laughs> it's good to actually talk about stuff that you, that you, you know, keen to talk about. That's Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I yeah, wherever you, you've got the notes, so I don't yeah. know whatever you thinks. Yeah. Wherever you want to go. Okay, so you've got a lot of specific topics. Let's start with a more global kind of high-level yep. conversation, and that is you've been riding a lot of the high-aspect gear. You've got yep. the 150. You're, you've got dialed in the, the MFC as far as that can go as well. Yeah. How do you see the difference in performance now, having spent the time that you spend on the high-aspect gear, between the 150 and the 170, and how are you going to decide what you're going to surf? Where are the limitations in each of those? Yeah, it's actually funny. Um, I was yes, I was out just out the front of just in Changu yesterday in Bali, and I was on the 150. Um, and I actually was um, like thinking to myself, like, man, I wish I had my 170 out here, because it was just um, yeah, there is that that point of of sort of um, where you need to go over to that 170 because of the when when it's so gutless and weak. I mean, I'm I mean at Bali you know, it generally gets pretty decent um, energy swells because it's coming all the way from, you know, up past um, Western Australia and you, you generally get good energy and swell, but it's just pretty small here right now. And, um, yeah, I think it depends on <laughs> it depends on the conditions. Um, and, and I also noticed that a lot when I've been surfing um, 
and I've been foiling at Waddy Goes in Byron Bay. There's a, there's a few clips on my Instagram where I, where I am riding the 170, and it's the perfect um, the perfect wing for for Waddy Goes and those kind of um, those waves like that just keep reforming, and they kind of they they don't really break or they just crumble and then they read back off but it's there's just more just like random lumps going through the whole lineup um consistently and it, it happens a lot in um in uh Nemotu when the boys when they're where they're all you know Kiahi's over there and there's just like these crazy just lumps that just seem to wrap around the island forever and I think it would be good for out there too because you you, you generally you don't actually have a way like more so like a, a traditional wave to ride like a you know like a shortboard so you can't really surf it surf the full wave you're more like just hopping between lumps and I think that's when you want to <clears throat> uh, excuse me that's when you want to ride those high aspects or, or yeah a, a high high aspect version um, oh there's my Siri talking to me Jesus um, <laughs> yeah yeah so I think um, when you when you're just kind of yeah, bouncing between little lumps and swells. I think that's the high aspect, like a 170. Um, the 170 hypo is, is so good for that because you can effortlessly get to different lumps with, you know, the glide is so good. But the but the surfer, like the, the maneuverability is still pretty good um, compared to, you know, some of the bigger ones. So it obviously doesn't surf as good as the 150 or the 175 um, Vortex. But um, – yeah, it just sort of depends on what you what you want out of the session too. Um, so I find, yeah, like uh, you just analyze the conditions, and if if it's going to be like a, yeah, I just if it's if it's a defined wave, I think it's good to ride a surf a surf wing like a um, yeah like a vortex like a one fifty one seventy five vortex. But if it's yeah if it's more just like hopping around the lineup, um, I think that's when you want the high aspect just to. Uh, minimize your energy spend on you know getting around and and um yeah so you'll have more fun and catch more waves i guess yeah um one of the places where i kind of go back and forth is the speed so i ride the 190 not the 170 the high aspect and yep. the amount of speed that i can generate pumping that wing yeah allows me to have some really incredible connection turns like the the, sure. the connection turn that you kind of posted the other day i think it was a connection turn where you hit the lip on the 170 i don't know if that was the the second turn yeah yeah, or the, yeah 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 little snap um, thing, yeah yeah i mean that was like that's a legit turn and that's like where the question comes from like yeah yeah okay yeah how much more performance are you getting out of the 150 than you are out oh, of yeah i'm definitely getting a lot more performance like that turn was was good like pretty pretty sort of like sketchy like you know and and hard to to really hold the like to overpower the lift like i, I like the 150 but like i should have been riding the 150 that day but that was that was actually i think that morning that that clip was from the morning when we first when we first talked it was like i just went out and um like you know gone back on the 170 again and since that session i actually then rode it for about a month um and that's where I got all those really cool clips at um at Wadi goes, and I was just addicted to it because it was just so like it was it was surfing really good, and uh, but the the glide and pump was so effortless um, that I I just I was really having the best time on it. Um, yeah, so I think uh, it depends on the conditions, like you said, but um, you, I definitely get way more performance out of the one fifty, and um, and I think we talked about it earlier um like with the 150 i can i can overpower the lift so i can go into these sections and do turns and get that little like you get that kind of lift when you're going up real high you but i can overpower it so i'm not sort of breaching or if i am breaching i can kind of ride out of it um, i'm not getting sort of bucked off especially in in white washes as well um 
it's hard to really come into a whitewash and with speed and and you know do a little snap or like hit it properly um on on a high aspect and ride out of it comfortably i mean you can do it for sure but um with the 150 i can just overpower the leaf i can just lean forward and i know i'm coming out of that no no matter what i'm like never getting bucked off with it with the, on the 150 yeah white whitewash hits on the high aspect stuff is super sketchy yeah i mean sure. just the turbulence just yeah, yeah it's, it's really hard and, and that's what i mean and it's actually interesting because um i've been talking to cliffy from um, unifoil and he's actually just uh designed up a 150 hyper for me so oh, killer yeah so that's um I, like i think that'll i mean it's not it's probably a little while away but he's he's designed it up so it'll be so I think that could be maybe the best of both worlds in terms of performance and and pump because it's it'll be obviously a little bit smaller than the 170, um, but then it's got that high aspect wingspan and, and narrow cord, so it, it could be pretty amazing. So I'm excited to try that because that um, could then put that argument to bed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, how are you differing your style of pumping between the high aspect and the surf wings? That's a question that everybody seems like the number one theme of question or, or top five anyways is what people can do to pump better. And then second to that is how much is a, is a high aspect wing going to help them out? Um, yeah. How would you, how would you, like, how are you pumping the, the, the 170 versus the 150? Um, is it the same pump? Are you changing uh, things up? It's. I think it's. It's a little bit different. I, I tend to stand a little bit taller, um, and and kind of narrow my stance a little bit as well when I pump. Um, and it's more of a, um, especially on the two ten. It's more of like a double footed, um, like a almost like an even footed pump. I find uh, to sort of keep it pretty pretty flat, like um, to keep the board not so dolphiny. Like you kind of just want to keep the yeah board kind of flat. Um, I don't know it's, 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 it's hard to explain because you need to ride, you need to ride one to feel it. Um, cause it's, it, it really is so different. Like in terms of the effort you have to put in on a high aspect, there's just, there's the efforts, you know, it's like half or less the effort you need to pump a surf wing. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's what, what I would do. I, I just kind of tend to narrow my stance up a little bit, um, and then tend to try and like, yeah, double pump it more so than than back foot. I guess that's that's kind of how I do it. Gotcha. Have you found? And I talked to I want to say it was Kane about this idea of of gears and the ability to kind of stretch out your pump. So as you're going faster, you can kind of inc- increase the wavelength, almost like you're you're switching gears on a bike. Do you do that? Yeah, yeah. Like you you don't have to do as many pumps. Like you can kind of relax in between the pump almost. Like you can do a glide and then a pump. Yeah. Well, sort of, but also you can, what I have found, especially on the 190 with uh, the down carve 13 tail that I ride or the 16, I can do it on both. Yeah. But I can, as I'm going faster, I can, it feels like you're changing gears on a bike. It's like you're pumping slower, but you're pushing harder. Yeah. You're going faster and faster. And like I can keep accelerating, but if you're looking at it on video, I've got a couple of videos of it, it looks like I'm pumping slower and slower. But yeah, really, but I'm going pump. way faster. Yeah, 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 for sure. I totally agree with that. And that, and that's the thing with the the high aspects; they can just, I don't know, they just can just hold their glide. So if you do get that, once you figure out the rhythm, like it's yeah, it's just kind of 
it almost takes less, yeah, less, your legs are not as stressed and not as um, fatigued because you can kind of just, yeah, like you said, accelerate and keep going. And, and then the higher you ride, the the less effort you got, you know, you're yep. using and, and stuff like that. So for sure. Um, all right. So while we're talking 150, 170, let's talk about how different tails feel on these different wings. Cause like I got the 200 about a week ago yeah. and someone recommended that I get the twin tip 12 inch tail with it. And I put it on, I went out back and it was terrible. I was really bummed. Like I was like, I hope this is the tail. No, I I could stand it. It was right for me. For me, it didn't, it did not work for me. It felt just stuck. So I came in, I put on my down car 13 and I took it out and I still wasn't in love with it. I was like, man, I don't know. But a couple of people had told me that the flat, and then the waves went flat. Yeah. But that the flat tail was the thing. And I haven't liked that flat tail on anything yet. Yeah, right. And yeah. I and I know I think you like them on almost everything. I, I, I like put yeah. it on. Yeah. I put it on today and me and a buddy, uh Mike Pedigo, we went out back and we just towed around on that in the GL140. Dude, the stealth 200 with that flat tail. It's probably the best thing I've ever felt. I was frothing. Like I ride my son's 150 sometimes. It's way too small for me. Yeah. And that's insane when we're towing bigger surf. But I felt almost as good on the 200. Yeah. And I cannot wait for this week. I wish I had another day or two under my feet before we talked. But I couldn't believe how much of a difference the tail made for yeah. that wing. Have you felt the same things? Yeah, 100%. Like I even feel I pretty much ride the flat tail on everything. Um Except for if I'm running the 210, I'll, I'll generally ride the um, <coughs> excuse me the um, yeah the carved downturned um, tail mm-hmm. chop, chopped to 14 inches though I tried cut off um, yeah like an inch either side um, I I find I can feel the drag if I put on a different ta- tail I can fully feel the drag um, if it's if I'm not riding a flat tail um, even on the 170 I ride it I ride the flat tail um, chopped to 14 inches and um, I I absolutely love flat tails especially on the 150 or the 175 um, yeah the it's just like uh, it's unbelievable how how it, it actually helps with your pumping too like you can you can just because there's no there's less drag you're actually using less energy so i can comfortably yep. link up three four five waves um on my 150 vortex with a with a flat tail and even yesterday i tried it um tried it with a 12 inch tail cut, cut down a, another um flat tail to 12 inches and um and it was just pumping so good um with, with a 12 inch tail it was so like squirrely and and unstable at the start but once i kind of figured it out um it was just like it felt like i was like shortboarding it was just so loose and i could just like do s turns the whole way and then kind of yeah just still carve really well and and hit and when i was hitting the wash it was just it was just it's so easy to ride out um and i was going fast and i was it, it, it wasn't as good a pump as the 14 um inch tail i think that's probably well I, i'm gonna go out again today and try it was my first go trying the 12 inch um flat tail but yeah i absolutely loved it and i, I love flat tails so if, if you yeah if you do have the option to cut a tail down I, I think that if you have the 18 inch flat tail you should definitely chop it down at least to 16 inches and mm-hmm. um, and try that you know and then see how it feels because 18 inches is is um is way too like it feels like you're riding like a barn door, like you kind of, there's no maneuverability in that thing. Um, but yeah, you'll be surprised at how, how much, um, you should try, you should try the flat tail on your, um, on your 210 or your 190. 
So what's interesting is I think I cut my tail too small for how big I am. It's like a 12, five, 12 or 12, five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And on the 190, it doesn't feel like there's enough back there to help me pump. So my cadence gets really fast and it gets really ugly. Yeah. Um, So you need like a 14 inch one or or maybe a 15 inch one. Yeah. I think I need a 14 probably would be my guess is is what I would like on that. 14 is really good. What's interesting though is I have the 250 Albatross and I love that flat tail on the Albatross. Yeah, right. And it's it, it's weird that I like it on. I mean, maybe because it's so much more surface area in the front, I could pump it better. Yeah, yeah. It's but good. I could turn it really good. Yeah, it's like compensating for the smaller tail, but then you're getting a maneuverability out of the small tail. Yeah. Um, what's really cool though is that on the Stealth 200 with that flat tail today, mm-hmm. and the surf was gutless and terrible. But we were kind of like doing like toats almost, yeah. right? Like into these little peaks. It wasn't breaking, but um, it was probably the first time that I have been able to finish turns like I was on a short board with yeah. like that wrap back up into the pocket, like the extension of the back leg. Yeah. It really felt like I was shortboarding. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And so, that, so that's another thing. It's probably the 200 is probably enough surface area for you to, you know, to compensate for that tail. Yeah. So it's the mm-hmm. same sort of thing like 250. Like if you rode the, the flat tail with on the 175, it probably would feel too small. But because right, yeah. yeah, so that that's really interesting. Like I should probably try that two, two that twelve inch one on the two ten and see how that goes. I bet you'd like it, man. Yeah. It's interesting that I like a smaller tail on the two fifty than on the one ninety. Yeah. The one ninety just feels all sorts of squirrely for me and it can't pump it and um with with that tail. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, I, I absolutely cool. love flat tails and and that was um yeah, like pretty much I've just yeah, listened to Kane. Um I hit cane up as soon as I got some flat tails to chop and, and, um, and ever since, ever since then I've, I've literally haven't really ridden another tail besides the, um, the down carve one, which I chopped as well down to 14 inches. Um, yeah, it's like the flat tail is so good for surfing, especially on the, like, yeah, like a, a stealth or a vortex or, um, I've never, I never tried it on the MFC, but I'm sure it would be pretty good if you could chop down one of the MFC flat tails and probably would be fun on, on a 1075. Um, do, yeah. Do they have flat tails? No, they don't. They, they've they've got. But if you chopped maybe the tips off, I saw somewhere on Insta the other day someone chopped their um yeah their BW two twenty five um yeah. So if you could yeah if you I, if you wanted to chop that, I mean it'd be I don't know if that if it, if that would work because it's still that kind of um down carve. Yeah, it's still kind of like a I can't remember what it, if it's whatever it's called, but it's like an up carve. It's, yeah. It's like a down to up. It's like a down, down carve with the tips up kind of like a, looks yeah. like a mustache. <laughs> I, uh, I cut about an inch off of each side of mine to where it just barely comes back up now. Oh yeah. And it loosened it up a lot. It's better. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Sick. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Um, any other insights on tails before we bounce around? Um, <clears throat> no, I think um, the, I just can't re- recommend flat tails like high, highly enough. Um, I've, yeah, I've got now I've got a six. I, I, so I've got three now. I've got a 16 inch, a 14 inch and a 12 inch. Try the 16 inch on the, um, the 190 and um, it, <clears throat> it definitely made it better than the, um, the, what's it called? The 18 inch, like obviously because it's smaller, but, I still think 16 inches is maybe a bit big for me, but you'd probably like it at 16 inches because you're heavier. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, find I think that, I would. Yeah, I find that 14 inches or – I mean, I've never tried 15 inches, but I think 14 to 15 inches is pretty good for me. Or Yeah, 14's really good. Um, the 12-inch felt really good yesterday, but I'd need, I need a couple more sessions on it um, to really get a feel for it. I, I, I also – I've been riding that 190 and 210 um, the last week or so, um, doing a couple of downwinders and that, and testing that 190 out. Um, so I'm, you know, coming off a like a big high aspect wing and going onto the 150 with a 12 inch. It felt like a freaking skateboard um, for, my, <laughs> for my first session. So I'm gonna give her another couple of goes before I make that call. But it did feel good. The 12 inch flat um, definitely felt really fun. I think, yeah, if you, if you can chop a, chop a flat tail down. Um, yeah, just chop like a little bit to the time, you know, even like a centimetre off each side and then see how it feels, ride it for, you know, a few sessions and then chop a bit more if it doesn't feel, you know, loose enough or whatever. And, um, but gen- generally as a rule from what I've tried and sp- speaking to um, to Brian um, uh, for the world and, and Kane, um, they reckon around 14 inches seems to be pretty good for um, for their sort of, you know, well, f- it works good for my weight. I weigh 75 kilos, um, which is, I think, 165 pounds. Um, and then Kane's about five kilos heavier, and I think Brian's about five kilos lighter than me. But um, around mm-hmm. that sort of 70 to 80 kilo mark, um, a 14-inch seems to be pretty good. And then obviously you're a lot heavier, so you could probably go, yeah, up to 15, 16 inches if, if you needed to. Not, not a lot heavier, bro. A little <laughs> bit heavier. A little bit Come heavier. on, man. <laughs> like 190. Uh, I play big. That's, um, <laughs> uh, so I made my son, this is actually kind of cool. I made my son a flat tail that's really flexible. It's about half the profile thickness of the tail that Uni sends out. Oh, yeah. And the speed difference between that tail and the race tail, his is a 13. Yeah, uh, but, that it ships with it is, is, is like, noticeable. Is it, is it only like way, two centimeters in cord or something? Uh, you mean in cord? Or, no, in cord, in thickness, it's, it's, in actual thickness. Oh, in thickness, it's really thin, dude. It's yeah. um, like a couple of meals. Yeah, yeah, re- really thin, That's and it's same, flexible. Same, same cord, like just but just real thin. So about the same cord and really thin <laughs> and super super low profile, like not not a whole lot of um. Yeah, okay. like shape to it, and and it's real and faster, right? It's it's noticeably faster, and with the flex, it turns insane. Now yeah, you can't pump like I can't pump it at all, yeah. but um, the turns that you can do because of the flex, you can feel it like bend in, like almost how you can feel a surfboard flex. You can yeah. feel that in a turn, which is really cool. Uh, so, would you maybe then make yourself like a fifteen inch one of them, and, and it would be good for pumping? I, it might be. And what I was thinking I'd like to do, and I'm in Florida right now, which means I can't fabricate anything, but yeah. I want to create one that's like carbon. So if anyone out there wants to do this, if you want to take my idea, it's cool. You just got to send me one. But my <laughs> idea is, <laughs> and make one for Adam too, <laughs> is to create one with a carbon core, yeah. but the carbon core is only like eight inches or nine inches. Uh, and then the wing tips could flex and you maybe it's a 13, but that last few inches is flexible. Okay, that's uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. That would probably work. I think it would feel really good. Well, that that's kind of like take you know going from the the surfboard fins that that um you know have this stable base and then have the flexi tips in them. Some mm-hmm. some of those fins do that too, which is probably the same idea. Yeah, 
I want to say my favorite fins are like those Machado bamboo ones that have that tip flex. Yeah, right? like that. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the to the point that I'm most excited to talk about. Mm. And that is after the podcast with Jason from Foil Fever. Yeah. Where Jason was talking about <laughs> slowing down in the pocket. Yeah. Not necessarily slowing down gear, but slowing down lines. Yeah. And drawing more surf lines. Yeah. Um, you hit me with a whole bunch of thoughts on that. And I thought this was really interesting and super profound. So why don't you articulate, you know, what you went through and then let's kind of, let's hash it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a cool podcast with Jason. Um, and yeah, he's, he's ripping on his, um, you know, his foil and, and approaching it the same way that I do, which is really cool. I like seeing guys, you know, attacking the wave and, and, um, yeah, kind of trying to surf it like a shortboard because it's, it is hard to. You know, it's it's easy just to get up and go and and you know try and get away from the wash and and just ride um, unbroken swells. But yeah, when you're getting in the lip and getting in you know these weird angles, um, you know putting your foil up and down and you know in turbulence, it's um it is difficult. And so that's really cool, which is sick for you know it's like um, pr- progressing the sport and then all that. So yeah, hats off to you, Jason, because you're fucking killing it. But, um, he's, he's ripping yeah, and that ripping. podcast was super inspirational. Yeah, well, so many people hit me up after that and have, well, and that, I've gotten so many people that have sent me messages saying that they've done their first whitewash hit or their best whitewash yeah. hit. I can put myself in that category cause I got a lot better after that. So that was a really good podcast. Yeah. And that's, um, listening to that is what made me take some notes because then I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, this is like cool. Cause it's going to help, you know, help everyone um, progress. Um, so yeah, that was really cool to listen to that. And, and, um, but yeah, what I was, what I was sort of, what I was thinking anyway, is like, um, yeah, he likes to, he was saying he likes to slow down and, 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 um, you know, um, you know, to make it cause you, you are, you are going a lot faster on a foil compared to a, a shortboard. Um, so I, yeah, you, you do need to slow down to, to sort of figure it out. But, um, but I think like to progress the sport, um, you know, I think you need to like not slow down. I think you just need to learn how to do those turns with speed. And, you know, like when, when you first, when you first started foiling, I bet everyone had the same thought, you know, within that first month and you just going straight and holding on for dear life. I bet you there was no way you could, you would ever think that you could do, you know, white roundhouse cutties, hit the wash, like do airs, you know, this guy's doing airs, like, like foil, like foil wizard and, and like the stuff he's doing, like he's doing like, proper bottom turn finners like you know like proper surfboard turn like even better than surfboard turns kind of it's like um i bet you i bet not no you know no one who started foiling i bet you you can you would never ever expect anyone could do that kind of stuff um but you know we've we've all you know the equipment's gotten better and and people start chopping their tails and adding straps on and you know all these things that are helping us you know progress and um yeah so my my thoughts were just um basically like i think we should just try and adapt and and you know the equipment's only going to get better and you're going to be going faster so we just need to learn how to do that and it's just a matter of trial and error so you just like need to go out and just try you know 100 cutbacks and hit the wash and you'll eventually figure it out and 100 snaps and whatever 100 airs and you'll eventually get it and then once you get the feeling you know you know like where to anticipate um, you know, where the, like you learn, you know, it's, it's completely different to surfing. So you actually know, once you've spent enough time on your foil, you, you know what your foil will do, you can anticipate it. And, and, you know, it's like, if you think back to the days, like of, um, of the guys when they first started surfing, um, 
on like single fins, you know, back in the in the seventies and eighties <clears throat> and whatnot. Um, I bet like if you ask any of those guys these days, like if you have, I don't know if you've ever seen footage of, um, but they have this uh, at Burley, they have this big contest called the Burley single fin classic. And, um, it's like a kind of a prestigious sort of, um, like, I don't know, like a tribute to the, to the, you know, the originators of the, of the surfing sort of thing. Um, so basically you have to ride a board made pre 1985. So there's, you go down to the contest there's like 5,000 people on the hill um there's just a heap there's like maybe 200 boards that everyone just kind of brings their you know gets them out from under their garage or under their house or whatever and um there's like 200 boards made before 1985 and there's so then it's just like a normal contest well it's like you know six person heats but it's kind of it's just like a normal comp and um if you asked like if, and if you if google it like google burley single fin classic if you haven't seen it you know Taj Burrow goes in it Parco um Ethan Ewing Jack Freestone like these guys are just absolutely ripping on these boards all made pre pre 1985 so like if you ever asked any of the guys from that era if you thought that was possible um, you know, surf what what they're doing. They would say no way that is possible. Like, <clears throat> if you look at old footage from the seventies and eighties of guys riding single fins, they're pretty much just going straight and like highlining, trimming. It's like you know, stylish and cool. And then some guys started doing some turns, but the guys these days, like Taj and Parker and all the, and all that, they're they're like surfing these sh- single fins like they're normal shortboards. They're doing like in the in the pocket snaps. They're doing air reverses. They're getting like properly barreled. Um, they're doing like you know just slob grabs on like airs like jack freestones doing these crazy airs and and I, that that was my sort of like thought like you know that they're riding the same equipment as the guys back in the day but these guys are you know they've obviously figured out how to ride them like their normal shortboards these days like normal thrusters and um that was my sort of idea is that you basically just learn how to you know learn how to do it by just trialing and and that's how you're going to progress the sport so that was kind of yeah basically my thoughts <laughs> uh, i think that's super incredible um okay a couple different ways i want to take this conversation number one i i believe you're accurate in that assessment now with that in mind where do you see foiling 20 years from now yeah well i can i can see foiling um you know pretty much being like shortboarding like the equipment's going to get better and 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 there, there's obviously going to be a lot of evolution in the equipment like whether you know depending on the conditions that you um you know you might ride like i mean even like i've asked i've asked cliffy from unifor to make me a, a 130 um vortex which would be you know probably um i, I don't know maybe 800 um square centimeter in surface area which is which is like kind of like a small toe wing, but I want I want that to surf as a, as a, as a surf wing. Um, so like you know what I mean. It's just so I have more maneuverability and I can overpower it even more and and t- basically surf it like shortboard and maybe even take off on some steeper waves and and get barreled on it maybe you know. And so I think that's kind of, I mean it's kind of weird getting barreled on a foil because it's not really that's not really with the idea of it. But I don't know. I think in twenty years time. It'll be, yeah, it'll just be like that. Like it'll be, if you ask us what's possible on a foil, it'll be like going back to those, that what I just talked about, the single fin guys, you know, what's that 35 years ago? Um, or is that 35? Yeah, something like that. 35 years ago. If you ask those guys, like it'll be like 
people asking us like did you ever think that was possible and we and and i'd say yes i think that would be possible because i can see what's happened in the past so there'll be guys you know doing just all just pretty much surfing like like shortboards it'll probably it'll be probably like a you know it will be maybe 10 years behind shortboarding or five years behind or whatever because it's obviously a lot harder but um you know humans are very like they can learn stuff and they can do crazy stuff um and there's freaks of nature that will be able to do stuff like you know kelly slater and that kind of person in in the you know foiling world will there'll be there'll be a kelly slater of foiling who will be able to do unbelievable stuff and people are like how's he doing that and yeah that's yeah. kind of yeah i can see it going very far <laughs> I think that the air game is going to just go out of hand. If you look at like the yeah. air chair stuff behind boats and those guys yeah. launching like 15 feet up, 100%. that's going to be possible. Yeah. I mean, think about like the, the, it's going to look like snowboarding. Yeah. Like the sure. amount of backflips somebody will be throwing and, yeah, and they'll, probably they'll be, strapped. Yeah. But, they'll, yeah. Probably will be strapped and they'll be, but yeah, they'll be kind of like, it, it, I feel like it will be more so like snowboarding or skateboarding where you are strapped in and you do an air, but then you hop off that wave and then you go, you know, pump back out and then you hit another like moving quarter pipe and do something else crazy. Um, it'll be something like that where there'll be technology where maybe the, the technology get the um, foils get so thin and, and stiff that the drag is so minimal that you can pump a really tiny wing and, and you're able to do all this kind of stuff, you know, like who knows what's going to happen this, with all this technology going around. Yeah, no, I agree. And on the technology note, you know, a, a couple people have said, I test a lot of gear. I love getting my hands on everything I can. I love testing everything. I like feeling it out. Yeah. I'm a big advocate that gear can teach you. Yeah. So, same. you know, like, I, I mean, I can look at like how my pumping has evolved and it would not have evolved to the point that it is right now if I hadn't gone through about four or five foil setups because yeah. each one of them taught sure. me something else about efficiency or drag or lift yeah. or whatever and, and about the different ways that you can pump because you can hop on one foil setup and it pumps a certain way and you could just lock into that and you could think that's pumping but you to pump three or four foil setups like I remember when I was starting out on the MFC and I was hitting you up and I was like yeah I can't pump this for, for anything. Mm -hmm. And a couple of the tips that you gave me, all of a sudden I started feeling that and now I can pump that, you know, quite well. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big believer that gear teaches us. And so it's interesting to think back in the surfing evolution and you've got Simon Anderson and the thruster, like how much of the evolution of surfing had to do, like the guys can now do those turns on the single fins. Yeah, I know. But was it the thruster that showed them how to do that turn that then they could take it back and apply it to yeah, the single Yeah, I think, fin? yeah, for sure. That's a hundred percent what's happened. And they're just applying their, their knowledge of like riding thrusters to a single fin and they just have to adjust, but they're so, they're so good that they can adjust and they, you know, they know how, how much pressure to put on, you know, or they, they know the feeling of, of like doing an air or doing a big carve. They know how it feels so they can, they can just apply that to a single fin and it might not be as like them, you know, as much hold in the turn, the rail or whatever, but they, they know how, what it feels like where the guys back in the day, they, they didn't know that feeling because no one ever tried it and no one's ever able to do it. But because these right. guys riding thrusters, they know where to put their body and their arms and their, how to bend their legs and, they they know what to do so you just it's just a, ma a matter of applying that um and then adapting to the board but generally like that yeah if you if you look at the look at the footage like google it it's just amazing how good they're surfing on these boards that are 30 you know 35 to 50 years old like it's just radical 
Yeah, it's insane. And and yeah, um, what, right. I was gonna, what I was going to say also is um is is uh the te- yeah right how you said learning you know writing different gear and learning I I found that um after writing the um two ten and one seventy it's actually helped helped my pumping on the surf wings like I can pump the one fifty mm-hmm. so good now and and I can kind of almost apply bits of you know bits and pieces of pumping the two ten and one seventy to that and it actually helps it's helped me pump and um and kane actually said that to me too he said if you learn how to pump the 210 properly and the 170 um it'll help you with with you when you get back on your surf wing and i was just like i was like wow that's amazing and then i actually I actually felt that and so that was really cool to go from a high aspect to a surf wing and and it, you kind of use bits you know of that pumping technique on your surf wing and then it kind of lets you connect more waves i guess with less effort and you're having more fun <laughs> No, I 100% agree. And anyone who's contemplating buying more foil gear right now and you have a husband or wife Do it. that's kind of like, I don't know, let them listen to this because you're not actually buying gear, you're buying knowledge. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and process. So. And knowledge um, is priceless. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll give a shout out to Foil Feed. I think that the market on the foilfeed.net uh, is going to be really cool for people to be able to trade gear so that we can all, hopefully there becomes a great secondhand market to where we can all buy and sell more gear and everybody get yeah, gets all these feels, which would be great. That's a great idea, that website. Good on you for doing that. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's not has nothing to do with me. That's Kane. No, and, that's um, what I'm saying, like, good on Foil Feed for doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, another thought for you, uh, this whole uh, discussion now of kind of learning from gear, and you just said it about pumping, but what have you, you've just gotten into downwinding as well. Yeah. What have you learned in chasing bumps out, out you know, in the middle of the ocean? Um, oh, it's so fun, man. If you've, if you've never done it and you have a friend um, with, a, with a jet ski or, or like a, a small boat that can kind of follow you, um, it's like the funnest thing ever because you, I, did, I just posted a clip last night and um, it's just like, if you did watch it, it just, it just looks like I'm having so much fun. And I was, it was just, it's amazing just harnessing these little like wind swells and, and being able to just, yeah, ride for, you know, five to 10 minutes at a time or however long your um, legs can handle basically. Uh, I'd love to actually do one in like a proper, you know, like a Hawaii type um, style conditions because these are just like normally um you know normally wind swells that are pretty weak um where i was doing it but um yeah it's just it's 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 so weird how you just literally out in the middle of the ocean and you're just looking for lumps and you kind of you can once you figure out how to do it you kind of on top of a swell and then you just literally bottom turn back like almost out to sea or like away from that wave and it's and then you kind of into another trough and then you yeah it's just it's like the coolest feeling ever and you're just so stoked on like it's just cool to be able to ride like just to be um in the elements and just harnessing these little bits of energy and that without which wouldn't be possible without a foil i, I was i was blown away i've done a couple of them now and it's it's just the funnest thing ever <laughs> <laughs> um I love it too. We we do what we call shore runners, which is when we get tomorrow, we're going to have a day. It's going to be blowing like 20, 25 directly side shore. Yeah. And so we just kind of stay on the sandbar and connect waves and do like a drift session. We'll do a couple miles down the beach or whatever yeah. um, in the surf. It's, it's epic. And it, it's a different skill set in connecting bumps. Like what are, what are your big 
um, learning ahas oh, over yeah. this last couple so uh, couple sessions. Yeah, whatever. so you kind of want to. Um, I, f- I find you want to because you, when you go down a, a trough, like you kind of get on top of the little swell or the the wind, yeah, the wind swell, and you go down into the or you're going down the trough, so it's kind of like you're going down a wave. Um, I find that the best that well the the best way to like save energy is to um, kind of come off that trough or like kind of bottom turn out of it with speed, and then you kind of cruise along the top of it and and go in into the like kind of going back up the next trough in a, in a way where the where you're meeting the trough like you're meeting or you're meeting the wind swell um I, I found that that coming off early and 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 turn like getting onto the one behind behind you if that makes sense you kind of want to bottom to, like i'm going so i'm going um i'm going north to south with a novelly wind um so i'm turning like left like bottom turning left um off the wave and then kind of doing like a, a backhand bottom turn and then like a backhand sort of carve into the next trough um i found that coming off the like the swell earlier with speed and connecting the next one was saving me a lot of energy and um instead of trying to because like essentially if you're trying to get then get up then you kind of it's kind of like going uphill if you're going trying to get over the next one you can't you're better off just going yeah going it sounds weird but you're better off turning off it and going backwards in a way um, then trying to like fight it and get over the next one. Cause you're going to use so much energy to get over that one. Um, that, that you, you won't be able to ride for as long cause you'll be so buggered. So yeah, that was my biggest, um, aha moment, I guess. Um, and you can see on the, the clip I posted, you can see, I'm just like riding on top of it and then I'll like bottom turn left and kind of get into this next trough. And you're kind of like constantly almost going out to sea. you're kind of riding sideways in a way. You're not, you're not essentially riding, um, like you're riding like one wave after another, you, you kind of just almost like tacking your way out to sea. Um, so that was, yeah, my biggest sort of thing where I found it was, I was saving energy and being able to do, a, you know, longer rides. Like I was that one, that one I posted that that was only one ride, the, the downwinding ride. And it was about like seven or eight minutes. Um, and I've That's sort, insane. sort of just grabbed a couple of, um, yeah, sections out of it in that little clip. So yeah, that was sort of my biggest piece of advice um yeah so i'm um, i just got i just got one of those wind wings as well so i'm excited to sort of learn how to do that and um and take that out of my own so then i'm not, then i don't need a jet ski because then i can um kind of assist myself <laughs> have you played with it yet? i have yeah i've i've um i've had a couple of goes um just on like this big like six six um sup foil board it's like a it's like kind of like riding a barn door but um, yeah, it's fine. I, can, I can get up and go. Um, it's like, it's, I'm fine to go heel side, but it's, I'm finding it hard to go toe side because you kind of crossed up when you come back the other way. Um, cause I mean, gotcha. you can switch stance, but then I think that's hard as well to switch stance on a foil. So I'm just doing the cross up thing. So I, I've, I've, I've had three goes and, and, um, on the, by the third go, I could get up and go toe side, um, for a bit, but then it was a bit gusty. So it kind of grabbed me and throw me off. But um, it's like it, it's so fun too, and I can't wait to learn how to do it properly, and and um and then just go down with you. JS is actually making me a sup foil board. I, I never would have thought I'd order a, a 90 liter sup ten uh, sup, sup foil board from JS. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. My, yeah, it's like it's gonna I, be it's gonna be sick. I've got a six three I just designed coming. Hopefully next week. I can't wait, man, because the water's a little chilly here. So there's so many days it would be nice to be out 
not in the water. And I used to do a lot of sub surfing, so I actually like stand up. A yeah, lot. yeah, and I, yeah. It's just like um, the the wind wing. Have you tried it? The wind wing. I have one. Yeah, I've played around with it a little bit. You know, like I like surfing. I can say probably way more. Yeah. And I can surf basically in my backyard and I got to drive about a half an hour to go do the wind wing right now. Cause I'm not good enough to do it out back. Yeah. 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 Um, and I don't have a sup right now. So there's some limiting factors. Uh, yeah. I'll probably get into it more. Yeah. I find that I have some terrible wipeouts on it though. When I'm trying to tack or job, I'm not exactly sure what it's called, yeah. but when I'm going from like a heel side to the toe side yeah. and I go to, I go to make that switch. Yeah. I get pulled over the front of the board and I'm having those taco falls. Yes, yeah. I've had a couple of those. <coughs> and so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love flying. I got going really fast a few times and I think that's yeah. pretty cool, but, um, I'm super into it. I am not. Yeah. I can't wait to, um, to learn like what you just said, said, I can't really do that probably yet either, but, um, <laughs> I can't wait to yeah, get the hang of it. And, um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Oh, a buddy just told me, Adam, that since I pump pretty good and you pump super good, that the best way to do that is to just kind of park the kite, park, it's not a kite, yeah. don't call them kites, park the wingding yeah. and just pump through your turn yeah, and then set it back up again. Don't yeah. try to do a powered turn. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and that made a lot of sense, but I haven't gone out and tried that. Yeah. So my, like my mate um, who lives, he lives um, just near me in, in, um, in uh, Lennox there, he, um, his name's Ash. He he's the one who gave me um, a first go on it because I saw him. He posted um, posted something on Insta, and I was like, "Oh man, I need to have a go on that." And so he kind of coached me into it, and that's what he was saying. He's you got to just let like depower it and let it fly, and then you kind of do a real slow sort of turn. And um, and as you're coming around, it's like there's a lot going on, so you kind of just you have to subconsciously figure that out. Um, and so yeah, he was he was helping me heaps, and he kind of basically taught me how to do it um those first three goes well the first two goes i was just like using his stuff and then i got my own stuff and um went went out with him and i was kind of able to do it pretty much on my own without getting rescued the first time i had the jet ski it was like rescuing <laughs> me and stuff it was pretty funny but um yeah it's like <clears throat> i'm getting a um i mean i'm getting this sup board which will be sick to to learn on but i found like riding these big sups with the wing it's it's, it's a lot harder too because their boards are so big and heavy that they're kind of hard to like maneuver like just they just feel like you're riding like a freaking door and um but i've got a 4-4 um js black eagle coming with straps in it so i'm excited to learn how to do it well hopefully while i'm over here in bali and then when i get back um then i'm going to try some sort of deep water starts with it because i think um being on like a normal prone board with straps um and the wing like what you know bonsai grom and and kane and that do um i need you know kai obviously like what they're doing with is is where i kind of want to be where they're kind of just on their normal prone board and and you know being able to like maneuver around and so if like did you see that that clip that kai lenny posted where he's surfing that left and he's kind of like surf yeah. and then he just like pulls on the wing and just does this crazy big backside air and lands back on the wave and keeps surfing like i think that's yeah. <clears throat> like that's kind of for me where like that's what I'm sort of aiming for. You know, it's like that looks the funnest to me. That would be insane. That that was nuts. Yeah. Um, how, how are you doing on time, Adam? I got a few yeah, other yeah. things I want to go yeah, through, keep, but I don't want to push you no, too I'm hard. good. Keep going. Okay. Um, <laughs> part of what you hit me up about was in regards to the talk that PB and I had yeah. about style yeah. and technical, you know. Yeah functional surfing for foil yeah. and front arm, uh, some stuff like that. So 
What were your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I think that was great. Um, and PB's, yeah, he's obviously, um, you know, he knows what he's talking about. And I was just wanted to sort of then, um, yeah, sort of touch on that as well and what I sort of found as well uh, um, in terms of like cutbacks and um, and hitting the foam and stuff. And I I always find that, um, the yeah, the leading arms, you know, keeping it low, like he said, I agree with that. And then also your trailing arm um, and also your head, it's like you, you generally in surfing too. Like I, I used to, I you know did a bit of co- coaching when I was um, younger, um, when I was sort of doing a few contests and that. And um, and generally what they well and what what they sort of told you and what you find is that um is like you pretty much you, you you're gonna like your board will go where you look. So if you if you say you're an, a regular footer and you're going right and you want to do a roundhouse cutty, so if you obviously keep that um that leading arm um low like pb said and if you look over your left shoulder and then bring your right um arm around um that's generally what will like you pretty much where you look is where you're going to go so that's sort of i wanted to just touch on that in terms of like bring getting you know your cutbacks down so just looking over your shoulder when you when you go into that cutback and then bringing your right arm around will then help you help your whole foil and body come around way way easier uh, um and which will then you know open up your hips and shoulders and stuff so yeah that's that was sort of what i was thinking um of that and then um yes just that was my sort of um just what i wanted to touch on there so i could um just just continuing on what pb said just basically looking over your shoulder where you're going and bringing your trailing arm around which will help you come around quicker and then you'll be able Right and you'll be able to hit the wash, you know, and, um, yeah. <laughs> on that theme, yeah. a lot of folks resonated with the conversation I had with, uh, Jack, Jack from town yeah. in regards to style For sure. and, you know, the, the idea that style is innate, a lot of folks are, are talking about how much time they're spending on style. You know, Kiahi talked about, I always thought Kiahi was just like born with that, right? But he talks about how much he actually is cognizant of what he's doing and how it's going to look. He talked about it on the show. And Jack as well, you know, with the longboard background, how much time do you spend thinking about style and what constitutes good style for foiling? Um, I don't think I – I mean, I don't, yeah, concentrate on – I mean, I guess you just – yeah, I don't really concentrate on trying to be stylish per se, but um, I think – being being stylish on any in any form of like you know whether you're foiling or surfing or snowboarding i think the the more relaxed you are and the more relaxed you look um will will make you you know seem stylish or have more style because like you're not um fighting you're not fighting or trying too hard like to do stuff um so yeah if you if you're trying too hard to, to move around and your arms going everywhere and whatever um that's when it can look kind of angry and aggressive where if you if you relax if you really like take a breath calm down like do you you know if you're turning like just keep everything like relaxed and um and and don't yeah i guess keeping your arms low and um not all all over the all over the shop i think that's what's sort of stylish to me um like kane you know kane's got great style he's or his arms are always down they're not always up you know up in the air there, there are times when you need to bring your arms you know up and around to do your calves and stuff but it's like when arms are going everywhere and and it just looks kind of a bit ugly 
um, that's sort of what what can hinder your style, I guess. That's my sort of thoughts on it all. Um, yeah. Right on. Um, I like it. I agree. Uh, I think last thing here from your list of stuff, uh, and if you've got a couple more times, a bunch of folks emailed in today or DM yeah, sure. on Instagram. So there's some fan questions for you. But uh, the that backside hit that you had, yeah. that backside connection snap, probably one of the most critical turns I've seen. And yeah, that's fun. That, that was insane. And you see, like, you kind of want to talk through yeah, so, um, that yeah, turn or how to approach those I turns. I think um, that was going back on, um, yeah, when I was listening to Jason's podcast as well, um, kind yeah. of, yeah, just um, hitting the wash and stuff and, and um, how he was sort of approaching it. And I, I always find, um, like, I think, and we talked about the, I mean, sorry, he talked about um, with his contest, uh, um, the, you know, the biggest scoring point was that, that second wave's connection turn, like the first turn on your, once you, you know, pump hop off that first wave and, and that was how you're going to get scored the most. And so that kind of <clears throat> got me thinking, cause that was kind of that backside snapper that I did in that clip. Um, it's kind of, you know, I did a couple of calves and then that was, that would have been the turn I would have been scored on. And um, yeah, basically I, I always like for me and you talked about it as well. That's generally the funnest turn in foiling is when you're coming back out at like a wave with speed and you know, you, you know, you're just going to do something wild on it because you've just got so much speed. Um, and so I always find that, um, sometimes, oh, well, a lot of the time too, depending on what wing you're riding and how close the waves are together, but a lot of the time you are coming at it almost with too much speed sometimes. Um, so, and this could then also goes back to, to Jason's um, podcast about slowing it down. And, and um, I, I like to basically pump at it um, and then sort of when I'm about maybe, I don't know, 15 feet from it, I'll, I'll do like one high pump and like glide into it. And that gives you time to really like set up your body and um, kind of set, just set it up instead of like rushing into it. And it's almost better to come into it slower um, than what you were pumping, depending on how fast you can pump it. Cause, cause if you come at it, like that turn, like I did, if you come at it real fast, you generally will hit it and then the foil will grab and then you'll actually like, um, kind of cartwheel off the back of the wave. So yeah. So I kind of, um, when I'm pumping it, like I saw that and I was pumping at it and then I kind of like, you can see it in the clip, I kind of like do a high pump and then I glide for a bit and then you can kind of then come down almost um, almost like come down and touch, but like just, and then you kind of, when you come up and hit it, you, you, that, that glide lets you set your body up. And then that goes back to like what I was saying before with like twisting your body. So you can kind of glide, twist your body and then, and anticipate kind of where, where to hit. And then you can hit it and then your body's already in the right position. So then when, when the foil turns, then you kind of already over your board and then you can generally ride out. And that, and that also goes back to what I was saying with, with the 150, it also depends on what foil you're riding, but that 150, I can, I could, you can see in the clip, I overpower the lift. Like it comes, I, you know, <clears throat> go through the turn, come out of it. And then I'm able to like stomp on my front foot and just push down on it and then ride out of it. So that was sort of, I just wanted to touch on that. Cause, um, yeah, that's kind of, I think that's 
that kind of surfing is is um is what's going to sort of progress the sport in terms of you know doing turns and and um and getting more radical and stuff like that so that's kind of my way of doing it so i just wanted to yeah give some insight into yeah a, a couple a couple questions here for you um on the approach yeah i find it a little bit easier and maybe it's because of just a surfing background i'll almost do like a little bottom turn like I'll approach from a way that I almost like kind of do like a heel side turn into that toe side yeah. turn. I think it's almost for a leverage type of yeah, thing. Yeah. Do you do the same thing? For sure. And that, and, that, and that's what that's what I mean. Okay. By that. I do that as well. That's what I mean by that glide. So if you if you like kind of yeah like do a do like a high pump and glide into it, and then it gives you time to really because it you know you're going to come into waves with different angles and whatever. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, that's what I mean by doing that glide. It gives you time to basically line your body up where and where you need to go like get your arms set get everything kind of set and like you said you could do a little check bottom turn and and then you can come up into it it just kind of gives you that like split second to just re because you know when you're pumping you, you generally you know you, you, your stance is a little bit different because you're trying to get out there you're doing your, your arm swing your cadence thing and then um yeah it's kind of like by doing that high pump and glide then you can you can shift your stance around and then get your arms set and then you can hit it instead of like just pumping pumping and just running into it because then you're kind of not ready on your board that, that's kind of mm-hmm. that's the way i kind of do it and then if i'm going like if i'm going into a right so if i'm pumping out to do like a forehand snap um i'll generally do the same thing but then if it's like a like if that was the same wave but then a right i would have gone into it and actually i probably would have grabbed the rail when i did that so you kind of do do like a little turn into it and then I'd grab the rail and kind of hold on because that would have been hard to do on your forehand. And I think Jason talked about that as well. He's going going yeah. front sides <clears throat> a little bit harder than going backside. So yeah, that, that's how I'd sort of approach it. Same thing, but then I'd grab the grab the rail and kind of do like a grab rail snap almost. Are are you trying to stall the foil to put your board in contact? A lot of these that I'm watching you do, you're you're riding out on foil. And a lot of folks, like what I'm trying to do right now is almost side slip the foil a little bit to get it to stall because I feel way more safe yeah. with a surfing background to kind of ride out and then pop Ollie back up. Yeah. Like right when I come through uh, the white water. Yeah. What, well, what's your objective? Um, I don't, I don't stall, I don't plan to stall, stall it, but I think it depends on, um, it depends on how, how smooth you come into that turn. So there's obviously times when I, um, come in and, and do stall it out or like touch down and then, and then kind of hit it hit it um you know like like a normal surfboard where i'm actually going like bottom turning on almost on my rail not not on my rail but like kind of hitting it with the board um but then if you if you hit it clean enough um you kind of will come out on foil because it you've if you've if you've like hit it you know if you've done it correctly then then you won't really have any turbulence to deal with because you've hit it in the right spot and that's how i can i'm able to come out on foil and then go straight into a bottom turn um, and then do, you know, continue on to whatever you do next. Um, so I think it's more about just timing it. Um, yeah, cause there's definitely times, you know, it's where I'm, where I'm not riding out on foil, but I think when you, when you do ride out on foil is like, that's when it feels the best cause you're hitting it, hitting it. And then you're coming out with so much speed, but you've already like hit this wash or hit this lip and, um, and yeah, and you just come out with heaps of speed cause there's no drag cause you know, you're not 
um, your board's not in touch with the surface of the wave of the water. Sorry. So I think that's like the, yeah. the end goal, like to to do it the best um, and to get the best feeling is to ride out on foil because then then obviously you can just bottom turn and hop off the wave and go out and do your next one because otherwise you you know you then have to like you said ollie back up and then you've lost your speed and and you're not going as fast. Yeah. So then yeah, like um, kind of um, yeah, that's how I'd sort of that. I find myself doing that a lot. I, I will often have to pump back up and then pump back to the face of the wave yeah, exactly. after I hit it. And so I, I see the benefit. I think I just have to get more comfortable. Yeah, for sure. And like, um, and like Jason said too, like it's, it's just about confidence, like, and, and, and knowing, and, and like what I said earlier too, is like knowing, um, knowing your foil and anticipate and knowing what, what it's going to do. Um, like I know when I'm riding yeah. the one fifty, <clears throat> I can overpower it. So I, can go into any section and um and just hit it and I know if I'm if I'm on my board ride and riding out of it I can just I can just ride out because I know I can I'm not going to get bucked off so and that that might just be a matter of um you know maybe shifting your stance a little going into a turn if you're riding a foil with with more lift yeah oh, yeah um I had my sketchiest fall of the last uh couple weeks doing that hitting hitting kind of a whitewash section and i was working on kind of like side slipping the tail like almost like that shortboard yeah. like tail throw type yeah. of deal and i landed it came out though like I, I i threw the tail out too far like you would on a shortboard yeah. um but i stayed up on foil and so my velocity was like towards the beach but the foil was kind of angled sideways yeah and when the foil came out and caught the thing just shot back at me and I, I endowed over the, over the foil. I got lucky. I didn't hit anything oh, um, right. too bad, but it was really scary because it happened super fast. Um, yeah. I was, also with that too, what I was, um, which I um, also wanted to touch on um, when you, when you, um, I, I find anyway, um, when, if you, if you can, um, in my experience, I've found that having an arch in your front deck grip or and back like an you know an arch in your front end and back deck grip really helps with um with maneuvers in the wash and the lip because it gives your heel something to grab onto so like if you like you just said if you're doing your little like shifty like um like side slip um kind of um pivot snap um if you have an arch in your in your front and back grip, your heels can then grab onto that and you, you won't slip off or, or like, like you said, like roll off it. Um, I, I found, I noticed that heaps when, um, I got my, my board now, um, Jay has put a, a front deck grip on it with an arch and I at this, at the start, I hated it. I was like, this feels so weird when I'm pumping. Um, but then I, I kind of got used to it, but then I really noticed that I was able to do like way more radical turns. Um, and stay on, like stay on the board because my foot wasn't slipping off because it had this, you know, it has the little arch for your heel to catch onto. It's more, I'm talking if I'm doing like front side snaps more so, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I found that to be pretty handy. So if you can get, I mean, it'd be worth trying anyway. If you if you want to sort of, you know, get get your turns a bit better, try try putting a a grip on with with arches so your feet have something to attach to. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in at least a back foot arch bar. When I learned to foil on my stand up, I put a front arch bar on just so I knew where my feet were without having to look yeah. down. 
Um, and I liked it, but I've never done it prone. So that that's interesting. Yeah, you should try um, it. it. It definitely helps. I, I fully noticed. I was like, holy shit, how did I make that turn? And then I started making a few more. And then I, I was like, oh, my foot's actually not slipping off where it would sometimes slip off if I was going in for a turn like that. So, yeah, it's super interesting. Um, epic. Anything else you want to talk on before I hop into some questions from some folks? Uh, um, no, I think that's kind of everything on that. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to sort of talk about, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think so. How, how are you looking for time? You got about 10 yeah, more minutes? Yeah, all good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Kane asks, Kane, Kane, uh, Katie yeah. Maui, uh, hit me up and said, what's your favorite kind of wave for foiling? And maybe you could extrapolate that into like size as yeah. well. And when are you going to go, uh, foil with him in Hawaii? <laughs> Oh man, I'd love to come and foil with you, Kane. I, I, the, the Kai Louis, he's a Kai Louis Harbor. That Harbor he foils looks so sick. Um, I am planning so a, planning a shoot with my brand in Hawaii, maybe at the end of the year. So maybe I'll hit you up on that. Maybe in November, come come over to Maui and hang out. Um, but my favorite wave um, to foil would definitely be what he goes in Byron Bay. Um, that's what I was talking about before. There's um, it's, it's basically like, a, I don't know. It, is that the wave, uh, where all the clips of you and your brother yeah. are at? That's your yeah. brother, right? Chris. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, if you look on my Insta a, a little, a uh, couple of months ago, yeah, there's um, a couple of follow cam clips that I did, did with my brother. And, uh, that wave is just, it's unbelievable. It's, there's just like patches of, it's like a big bay. Um, it's, it's the, it's the bay around from like the pass, which is the, the sort of famous Byron Bay, um, right-hand point break. It's the bay around, like just around the corner. And, um, it's, it's basically like, it's the most easterly point in Australia. So there's just, um, kind of, it's all, it's always protected in, in a southerly, um, or even a south, in the east, southeast. It's so bent around. Um, but basically what it is, is yeah, just, there's just random patches of sand in this huge bay. That's probably, um, like, you know, I've had, I've had five to, I don't know, seven minute rides out there, um, on the one, uh, 170 hyper. And yeah, you just sort of, you walk around the point and then you just go out about halfway and there's, there's always like a little rock, like a little patch of sand right there where you paddle out and then you can kind of chip in on this little thing and then you pump out all the way to the middle of the bay and then and then you can connect up a wave there and then you kind of go back left connect up right and then you just surf it all the way in and then you can kind of cut back left again and you end up back where you kind of started so you're kind of doing this like crazy um loop of like just i don't know just endless fun it's just there's and then and there's just those patches of sand so it kind of it peaks and maybe crumbles so you can then hit those bits of foam and then it backs off and then you're just riding a swell and then you'll like look over and there'll be another weird like lump coming at a different angle and it's just kind of like a it's pretty much like a foil park like um it's just it's unbelievable if you ever get to Byron Bay go have a foil at at what goes it's just the sickest thing and the watercolor is just beautiful like greeny blue there's dolphins there's manta rays it's just it's just crazy and and what size? I mean, when um, I look at your Instagram and some of the barrels that you've been in, oh, I mean, um, you don't, it's it yeah, seems crazy that yeah, um, you don't want it too big because you know, um, it gets a bit kind of sweepy. Like you get that current that that'll just 
and you just end up paddling for ages or it's just a bit hard to kind of get back out because there's too many like whitewashers to sort of jump like to hop over so you, you pretty much want it i'd say like under maybe three foot um yeah i'd say one to three foot because when it gets sort of bigger than or one to four foot when it gets bigger than sort of four foot it starts kind of breaking more like a point break instead of like random like peaks everywhere um but i mean i did i did actually get one um i i walked right out to the very tip of the the point and took off on the very basically the most eastern point in australia i took off right next to the rocks and then there's a little like rock patch just off the point there and i pumped out around it and then I got I got that 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 ride all the way to the main beach, like where the where the pub is on the beach, um, on the on the 170 hyper. So I went all the way through body goes, forward across to the pass, and then there's like about 500 people out the pass. So then I just foiled foiled out into the bay, and then got on. There's and there's a, like a bit of reef in the middle of the of the of Byron Bay there in the part of the pass. And I got like a little. I was pretty buggered by then, but so I got on, onto a wave there and got a bit of a rest. And then I, yeah, basically kept pumping all the way and got to the pub. It was like 2.6 kilometers on this one ride, which was super sick too. And that was when it was a bit bigger. So there was this, like I was riding, you know, almost doing like a downwinder kind of, but riding, riding waves as well, which was super sick. So it's kind of, but the best is when it's small, just out at body goes like itself. So. <laughs> yeah do you do you foil bigger surf i've never really seen clips of you um in, yeah like towing bigger surf do you want yeah, to yeah i mean i, I when i'm like when i was in bali last year i was um there's a couple of bombies here that i was um just sort of paddling out and just paddling into and um yeah more more recently just i mean i i just i kind of just foil whatever i don't surf anymore so with whatever the waves then you know <laughs> present themselves as I'll, I'll, I'll go out I, I haven't done any um any toe foiling yet but i do i would like to but i just haven't had the opportunity to um so that's something yeah I'm, i might um they, they do a bit over in sanua in bali so i'll hit up the guys over there they have a little bit of a toe thing going a bit of a foil school thing going on over there and they got the skis and everything so I'll, I'll get over there at some point in the next few weeks and give that a go um that should be pretty fun <laughs> That kind of touches on the next question here, which was about transitioning back to surfing. You don't, you're not surfing no, at all. I still haven't surfed. Right I came to Bali this time, and I, I just, I didn't pack a surfboard. So it's pretty funny. I, um, I don't I have one here either. Yet since we last spoke, <laughs> and um, I can't see myself doing it, especially if I get these smaller um, performance wings, and I can you know, start doing what we talked about earlier. Yeah. That'd be insane. <laughs> um, from Chicho Dino, what is your technique to carve like you do? We kind of touched on that with the arm yeah. and the, the body rotation. Any other tips that you give somebody um, besides just being a pro uh, surfer? No, I think like um, with, yeah, with the sort of the car, especially like pumping back out and carves, like you, it's just the same sort of thing applies where, um, you, you, if you're pumping back out to like a nice, you know, clean wall to do a carve on, you want to do that like last pump with the glide to set yourself up and then do one more pump and kind of, um, I, I always find it best to on that last pump to really stand on your tail. Cause then you're getting, um, cause you, you are generally like losing speed cause you you've given up your, um, your rhythm of your pump. So you do one pump, stand on your tail and then that, that'll help you 
keep like up on foil as you go up the wave. And then when you're coming back down, obviously you're going, um, you're going, you know, you're going down a wave, so you're going to have lift, but that, that was my, um, biggest sort of aha moment was to really stand on your tail on that last pump as you're going up the face of the wave, because then you won't touch your board on the, on the wave and it won't sort of throw you off. So yeah. So if you stand on your tail, um, get a good like amount of lift going up the wave. And then as you're turning, um, and you're gaining speed through your turn, you won't have a problem with lift. So then you can just, you know, ride out normal. So that was the sort of, sort of my advice. Right on. And from Joe, who, hi, WSWNWKUQ, which I can't pronounce, uh, on Instagram, asks about uh, mast length, fuse length, and rear wing size, uh, height, <coughs> and weight. Yep. So you mentioned that you're about 165. Yeah, uh, about six foot. Okay. And we touched a bunch on t- tail wing stuff. Uh, what about mast length and fuse? Are you going shorter at all like Jason was talking about? Are you still riding the 75? Um, yeah, I'm riding 75 still. I really like the 75. Um, I, ha- mm-hmm. I I started on the 65 when I switched over to uni, unifoil. Um, and then I – and I did actually like the 65 um, – for surfing like for like jason was talking about it's it's it is um it did feel good to um yeah for doing your calves and hitting the wash and stuff but but i've I've been riding the 75 ever since um ever since i like they sent me all the gear and um i haven't ridden 65 and uh yeah it just i can i mean you know i've just been able to do what i can do on the 75 i like the extra length for for the pump in between waves um, to sort of, and then just for, yeah, if you, if you're doing a few, um, critical turns and you do get that, um, sudden lift where you, you know, you're like, oh shit, I'm going to breach it. it I, I find that I'm not breaching as much because I've got that extra 10 centimeters. Um, and fuselage, um, I think it's like 63. Uh, it's, it's, I'm not sure, um, exactly, but it's pretty much the same as my MFC. Um, if I put them over the top of each other they're, they're pretty much the same so i think it's 63 centimeters which is um pretty i think anywhere anywhere between 60 and i think 70 is pretty standard i think like, obviously there's you know axis and armstrong have those real short ones but um yeah it was, it's it's interesting because i when i was on when i was writing mfcs um i i always was writing the 58 centimeter fuselage and um just to give me more maneuverability and but but then you lose the pump just even that five centimeters you lose you lose a fair bit of pump um so then when i switched back to when i switched over to uni um i went back to having a longer fuselage but then i started chopping my tails down so i i believe that riding uh and like i don't know an, an average fuselage length something around 60 centimeters or 63 or whatever is it's better to have that longer fuselage, but then chop your tail to get the maneuverability because um, you don't lose as much pump. And then if you're riding a flat tail as well, um, you're having less drag. So yeah, I, I've really, it's been super interesting for me because I was like, I, I, that's the first thing I said to Cliffy and Matt from um, Unifoil. I said, Hey, can you make me a, um, can you make me a fuselage shorter or can you make, can you put a few more screw holes in there so I can like, like kind of like what cloud nine do, how you can move your tail wing around. And mm-hmm. um, they are actually coming out with that soon, a, a, a four-screw um, four hole uh, fuselage so you can move your um, tail around. Um, Unifoil are doing that soon. Um, so I'm excited for that. But, yeah, I haven't, I haven't had an issue with, like, my performance and, um, and everything since I started chopping my tails down. I've found 
um, it to be it to be fine to ride you know the 63 centimeter fuselage and and um, and still be able to like carve really tight just by just by getting that flat tail chopped down. So that that'd try chopping your tail like we talked about it before. It's, it's it really opens up performance if you can get a a, sh- a pretty small flat tail. Um, yeah, you know, on that note and something I, I pinged you on a little while ago was on the MFC at the end. And actually after the podcast I had with Jason and I was trying to figure out ways to draw better lines in the pocket, I started shimming the 1400 and I lost pump. Like I definitely, I, before, and someone had hit me up and I can't remember who it was. Reach out if you hear this. And, but we were talking about shimming the MFC and I was like, I don't like it. And the reason I was saying I don't like it is because I was trying to optimize for pump. I figured that wing already turned quite well and it, I didn't think it pumped great yeah. at the time. Um, I actually figured out how to pump that wing fair, fairly yeah. well now. But shimming it, I, I love the way it surfs, but I do lose a lot yeah, of the pumping sure. um, on it. You know, it's like you, you don't have that I same glide. But, but you, that I trade that though, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, the trade though was that in smaller surf, I don't have to work to keep it up on foil without it shimmed at my weight anyways. You know, uh, I was always felt like I was like back foot heavy or kind of having to do little pumps to keep the, the foil up. Uh, and with it shimmed, I don't have to do that. So it's, it's this interesting trade. I don't know if there's ever going to be the perfect foil. I think you're going to always have to have. That's interesting too, because I, um, I found that as I found that as well, and that's that's another thing I said to to Matt and Cliffy. I was like, hey, like what what about like because you know you get a new a new foil, and you're used to being um, able to shim. Like you know, I started on the Nash, went to the MFC. They've all got shimming options, and then I was like, hey, well, how do we shim? The, how do we shim it? Like I was like, you know, trying to figure it out, and he's like, oh no, we don't have shims, and I was like, I was like, that's so weird. But um, but then I guess I I then find that um, because. Yeah, the uni wings are the profile of them, especially the, obviously the high aspect wings are pump great, but the the surf wings are they're a lot flatter than a lot of the um, surf wings. They're not that gull shape or like that kind of dome shape that a lot of the surf wings are, and um, because they're flatter and 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 thinner profile, and and I think Cliffy talked about it in his podcast too. He has that um, if you look at a if you look at a vortex or a stealth like a um, uh, yeah, it's the signature stuff that um, Cliffy designed as well. Um, he's got that little in the back, like probably quarter of the wing. He's got that little um, like a uh, a divot. It's like a little like a hollow space. And he and he was talking about it's like free lift. You know, it's like the way he's designed it is that 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 gives you the extra lift. But you can, so you can go smaller and flatter, and which means it's going to be faster. But then you're still getting lift that you that you need you know like i'm pumping this this um 150 vortex way way better than i can on the 1075 um mfc and and this this thing's like only 960 square centimeters in surface area it's like the smallest wing ever and i'm pumping it able to connect up three four five waves easily because it's flat and has no drag and you know so i can pump it faster and and use less effort um so yeah, it's it's. I noticed the same thing. Yeah, so I don't I don't need to shim it to pump it or anything, you know. I just it's just pumping good anyway, and then I'm getting distance out of my pumps because it's there's no shim and it's going faster. Right, right. Yeah, that rebound with the shim when it comes up quicker, you lose that yeah. distance. That's the trade is your wavelength yeah, shortens exactly. 
which is good though when you're in the pocket and you want your turning radius to yeah. shorten. The way I was thinking about shims is it's like you can change the rocker on your yeah. surfboard. So you can you can tweak the turning radius. And the other cool thing about that is if you take your mentality, and this is actually an insight from my buddy Mike Pedigo, if you take the mentality out of like down the line surfing, yep. if you think about it with the shim and your wing is wanting to turn, if as long as you keep turning, it's basically accelerating through all those turns. Oh. So it ends up being pretty cool in surfing. Yep. Um, and, and that, that, so uh, that, that was and, like and a, that, a cool uh, understanding. Yeah, that's true too. I, I found... I found that, um, and I and I took mm-hmm. I took this also from Kiahi's um, podcast. Is that um, the way, the way like you were talking about how he never never really pumps and he just kind of carves and like that that um, I've taken that away. I've taken um, that away from that podcast as well. Where I try not to pump as much now. I just try to do like carves and S turns, like and and harness the energies because like if you're turning, you're accelerating. So the more you're turning and and harnessing that that energy and accelerating then the less pumping you're going to do so you're essentially using less effort in just in those in-between kind of phases where you're connecting up to the next bit where it's breaking yeah did you see his last video from a couple yeah, days ago so good that at, at namotu <sighs> the that um, yeah, that, yeah that's that's the other I, i'd love to go there and, and foil that wave looks amazing like to me i think like what he goes is the best wave i've foiled but that looks like as good if not better we have a little sandbank that's like that here. We don't have the watercolor or any of that, but on its day, yeah. it's like a mile of that. It's so insane. good. <laughs> so fun. Well, I think we've run through all of yeah. it, man. And uh, we've gone way over what we said we were going to do in time. So uh, thanks a lot for uh, for hanging good in chat. there. <laughs> yeah, dude. This is awesome. I'm all inspired now. I hope we have surface. Uh, I'm that pumped to go. I'm going to go for a foil in a minute. My, my nanny gets here in a minute. And my wife's going to go to the gym and I'm going to go for a foil. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. That's so sick. Uh, How do people find you? What do you want them to think about or support? Use this last couple minutes to uh, hype whatever you want. Yeah, cool. I guess you can find me on Insta um, at Mr. Bennett's, uh, M-I-S-T-E-R-B-E-N-N-E-T-S. Same same name on um, SoundCloud if you want to listen to some tunes. Um, and if you are in the market for a bikini or your wife is, you can, uh, check us out, um, at Faye, F-A-E, um, Faye Swim. So yeah, check us out on Insta and, uh, keep the stoke alive. Thanks for your time, Eric. And, uh, I'll come back on soon and have another chat, I guess. Yeah. Hit me back when you have more insight. This was a good one. I'm going to have to listen to this one a couple of times to, uh, digest all of the knowledge bombs you, you brought For us sure mate i'll um i'll speak to you soon epic thank you <laughs>